it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, the definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is August 3rd, 2021. Yes, this is the new year. The last time you heard my voice was last December. It's been a long time coming, but guess what? Football is about a month away. We cannot wait. My name is Michael Mesrick. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, uh, this is the 14th season, and what is it, 13th season of my uh, of joining my, on, on air with my great friend and great co-host, Chris Rito. Welcome back to the show. This is the 14th season. Glad to have you back. Well, I'm glad to be back, Mike. I'm uh, always looking forward to talking about football. Like you said, it's a month away. It's actually two days away. The Hall of Fame game is only two days away. So uh, I'm looking forward to that just to get my Jones satisfied, even though I know it's going to be not really – anything resembling real NFL football by the time it's done. Yes, unfortunately, we won't be seeing Dak Prescott uh, play in this game, Hall of Fame game, which, of course, is preseason. Yes, there is preseason. We're still in a pandemic, people, so be careful. Get vaccinated out there and all. But, uh, but uh, we will be seeing some football here, official real football games that count. We're about a month, uh, a little more than a month away, so five or six weeks here. Uh, but for today we're all talking about uh, the quarterbacks. Uh, but before I get to that, uh, I can't believe it's been 26 years, 26 seasons that FF Mastermind, Fantasy Football Mastermind, has been online. I'm very fortunate and privileged to be able to make a living uh, talking about what I love to do and writing about it. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to have you as a, uh, a partner here on, on the show, Chris. Uh, you know, we love talking about football. Uh, you know, you've been with the site almost as long as, uh, you know, we've been around, uh, which is, I, I think, very rare. We do have a good core group of guys, but you've been with me a long time, and I appreciate it, and I value your friendship and such. Um, do you remember the first uh, couple of times that you, uh, you, uh, you, you wrote uh, items for, for Mastermind? Oh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty close to the early years. I want to say you are only about a year, maybe two in at most. So I've been with you. I know it's closing in on 25 years. I know in your intro you said you've had two decades of experience. I can actually say now I have three decades of fantasy experience. It's my 30th year playing fantasy football, and most of them as commissioner and doing some writing. So, 
Yeah, it's it's three decades for me too. Uh, the bottom line is I, I need to reach out to our our intro man and and get a new intro done. Uh, that's on the things to do list. Uh, you know, maybe after the pandemic's over. I don't know. Uh, it, it depends. But but we'll get to all the all the good stuff. But the bottom line is that football always changes. We're always current and that is kind of stuff. And the the rest of it is kind of just window dressing. But we also want to welcome back. Uh, MyFFPC.com, Fantasy Football Player Championship. They've been a big supporter, longtime supporter of our, of our website. I've been playing in their event ever since it began. I think it, I think they're going into the 12th year in this. It's, it's really exciting. Uh, it, whether you want to play, it's not just high-stakes fantasy football people. Yes, you can play in the main event, which I'm going to have two teams again this year. Uh, it's about $1,850, $1,900 of play to play with a chance to win $500K. Uh, but you can also play in, in leagues as cheap as $35. $77. I just played, uh, just drafted a $77 best ball league just to get my feet wet about two weeks ago. I was in their pros versus Joe's contest, league number six, drafted uh, out of the number nine hole uh, last uh, last Tuesday. Had lots of good fun there. So if you're looking for a way to play fantasy football online or uh, live down here and you want to come down to Vegas and play on the strip, yes, they are going to be holding the, the drafts live down there. If you want to come back to Vegas, it's uh, – MyFFPC.com. Uh, tell Mike Nazarek for Fantasy Football Mastermind sent you, and you won't be uh, disappointed. Let's, all right, let's get right to the training camp news and injury up, uh, rundown here that's going on the big stories. And, of course, right in your backyard, Chris, because you're our Colts scout, uh, Colts, Colts quarterback. I don't know what it is with the injuries, you know, to Peyton Manning for a year, and then Andrew Luck for a year, and then he retires. And, you know, they, I guess you had kind of good luck with Phil Rivers last year for one year. But you know, Carson Wentz come in there, and he's got an old foot injury that he happened to happen in, the, in, in the high school. And then uh, it started causing pain, and they go in there, oh, yeah, we've got to do surgery. And in addition to Carson Wentz, the offensive tackle, starting offensive tackle, Quentin Nelson has a very similar injury, and they're both had surgery, and they're out five to twelve weeks, which means anywhere from week one on into almost halfway to the season. Uh, what's your first thoughts on this, Chris, for the Colts and fantasy impact? Uh, you know, we'll get to that, but w- what is going on in Indianapolis? Uh, well, it's it's definitely been a rough uh, week for sure, and a rough month because we actually had some other key injuries as well to some all-pro frontline players. So it's it, it's been really rough, kind of crazy that they had the exact same injury, probably happened 10 years apart from each other, but they were diagnosed 10 hours apart. Um, so, yeah, they're both going to be out for a while with, with Quentin Nelson out, uh, stud guard, starting quarterback, your left tackle still recovering from Achilles injury. Now the starting center's got an elbow injury, and he's out till probably the, the season opener. Uh, Darius Leonard's got an ankle, the all-pro guy on the other side of the ball. It is just a disaster right now. The only – silver lining out of all this is that if Carson Wentz doesn't play 70% of the snaps this year, uh, the, the draft compensation for that trade goes from a first-round pick to a second-round pick. So maybe get, he'll miss five weeks, and they'll actually end up with a first-round pick next year anyway, which in addition, <laughs> which, which could be pretty high if they keep losing all of their frontline starting players, and they really get their butts handed to them all year. I mean, of Jacob Eason, who is the, the current starter, I guess, the, the, the backup going in there, because there's no J- Jacoby Brissett there anymore. So what, what's your opinion of him? Is, is the local take, uh, have any confidence in him at all? Uh, the coaching staff is talking as if they have all the confidence in the world, but they're about the only ones that are saying that right now. Um, a great quote from one of our local, uh, local columnists said, Carson Wentz isn't healthy. Jacob Easton isn't ready, and uh, 
what's name? Brett Huntley isn't good. So they really they're in a oh, world of hurt right now. If this becomes a long term thing, and when Wentz is closer to the, to the twelve week aspect of that, I would not be surprised if they went out and signed a veteran quarterback. And believe it or not, I actually think Brett Blake Bortles would be a better pickup than going with Jacob Easton and his inexperience right now. I think I agree with you there. But what about Nick Foles? You know, he's the number three quarterback there in Chicago, and, you know, he's got a history with Frank Reich there. So, uh, you know, I think he might be a good fit. That You've got Marcus Mariota. You, you've got Case Keenum. You've got uh, Minch, Gardner Minshew. So, uh, you know, I know yeah. the Colts just said this week that they had no interest in currently trading for any of these backup quarterbacks. They're just going to evaluate what Wentz. But what happens if they get to week one and Wentz goes, well, I'm not even a month away from, from playing? Then I think maybe maybe things change a little bit. But it sounds like to me they're, they, they don't want to overpay. Yeah, they might. And I think that's exactly it, especially for a guy like Foles, who, yeah, it's a great fit considering his history with Reich. But you'd have to trade for him and, and – Chris Ballard is notoriously stingy with, with his draft picks. He loves draft capital. But he's going to be the third quarterback. He's likely to be released because of his cap value. So if they can pick him up and sign him to a veteran minimum the last week before the season starts, that's very different than having to trade for somebody now, especially because two or three or four weeks from now, they'll have a better idea of what Wentz's ultimate timeline is going to be. It's two weeks of rest, and then they start the rehab and can evaluate what, whether it's going to be closer to the five-week end or the 12-week end. So I, I think they're okay. going to sit pat until about week four of the regular – or the preseason. Okay. Uh- We've got so much to talk about, but I did want to ask, obviously we know that uh, none of the uh, wide receivers or tight ends uh, for the Colts are going in early in the first half of most fantasy drafts. T.Y. Hilton is going to take an even bigger plunge now. Maybe people might see him as a sleeper, and, but they're still only targeting him as a number four or five. Maybe it becomes a five or a six. You've got Pittman and, and uh, Campbell as well as Pascal there too. But the big question everyone wants to know is what, how does this affect Jonathan Taylor? He's being drafted as a late first-round pick in these 12-round drafts right now, maybe 110, 111, somewhere around there in PPR drafts. He slides to a two. What about a three? Do you still want him, consider him as a, as a number one, as an RB1, or do you just avoid him? Well, I think he's going to probably get drafted before I would consider drafting him. I think that not, not just the Jacob Easton factor or the Wentz factor, but those injuries along the offensive line, that offensive line is going to be really tough to get, get cohesion, especially in the first part of the year. I'm, I'm nervous about that. Uh, they're going to stack the box, make whoever's back there at quarterback, even if it's Wentz, quite frankly, because he wasn't that good last year. Um, I think he's going to see a lot of stack boxes, and without an offensive line being 100% with all those highly paid guys, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. I would drop him on my draft board. And, again, not everyone will, so somebody will take him probably long before I do this year. Yeah, I think I agree with you, too. I, I would not want him as an RB1, but I can tell you right now that in a draft last night uh, that my good friend, uh, Dr. Gil Bavar, was, uh, was, uh, was uh, participating in, he had the ninth pick. Uh, believe it or not, Jonathan Taylor still went 110, and this happened last night after the Quentin, Quentin Nelson news broke, and Wentz, Wentz had already been uh, – that, that had already been uh, known here for a day or two. So, um, you know, some people are stubborn about it. They don't want to make adjustments and all, but I agree with you there. Let's move on over to Denver real quick so there's a, a big quarterback battle going on for the starter there drew lock showed flashes last year here and there but then he, there were other times where he just uh, was ridiculously bad poor decision making they uh, acquired teddy bridgewater from the carolina after they traded for sam Darnold from the jets and the jets of course drafted zach wilson but uh it looks like it's neck and neck between drew lock and teddy bridgewater uh chris what do you think about that battle you think lock's gonna win it win it eventually or, or maybe it might be bridgewater 
I think Locke's, it's Locke's job to lose because they want him to succeed. Um, he's obviously much younger. He's a better chance to be in their future. Bridgewater is a, is a bridge quarterback uh, at best. So I think they want Locke to have it. Um, frankly, I don't know if it makes much of a difference. They're very different quarterbacks, but I don't think either one of them scares you. I don't think either one of them is fantasy worthy. This is a team that's going to try and run the ball a lot. And even though they've got tremendous numbers of great wide receivers, uh, I don't know if either one of these guys is going to get them to them enough to make the quarterback a fantasy worthy. So it doesn't really matter much to me from fantasy, but I think Drew Locke is going to be the guy that gets it. So if you think Drew Locke is better than Bridgewater for any of the fantasy fortunes of any of the Broncos around you, I think that's the way it's going to end up. Okay, let's move on over to a couple other big injury uh, items I just want to touch on since these things broke a week or two ago and we had not started the season yet. Uh, Of course, the the big news in L.A. is that the Rams running back Cam Akers suffered a torn Achilles. He's lost to the season. Daryl Henderson is going to start. you got Xavier Jones, a little lone uh, second year back there that's uh, that's also on on the roster. And then, of course, they've got... Uh, I believe his name is Funk, uh, the the rookie running back that they drafted there. So uh, the Rams have already said Daryl Henderson is not going to participate in any of the preseason games because they don't want him getting hurt going into the season. But what is your take here on uh, uh, for fantasy in terms of the Rams here uh, with regards to Daryl Henderson? Is he an RB2 or an RB3 in your mind? And do you think he's going to hold that job? And overall, is this I, how bad is, can this be for the Rams' offense? I think it could be actually pretty bad because it could make them a little more one-dimensional than they would rather be. Uh, Cam Akers definitely was a valid threat, which Henderson just is. I mean, he doesn't scare you like Cam Akers does. Um, but I think Henderson's worth drafting as a number three because he does have upside if he does, you know, remain in that role. Uh, that that position has a lot of value to it. I think the Rams are going to go after one a veteran back that gets cut late in camp. Or there's always veteran backs on the market late in, in training camp. So I don't think he's going to be a bell cow. So I, I wouldn't draft him as a starter, but if you get him as a three and ideally as a four, um, that would be the way to go. It is going to impact their offense, though, because I, I wonder if um, they're they're being one dimensional, especially in the with a with that good of a defense where they're going to try and be protecting leads if they want to really drop back a lot. So it's, it's kind of kind of curious, but I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be Daryl Henderson for very long, at least not as the bell cow. Well, it's going to be interesting because uh, yeah, uh, Matthew Stafford, of course, uh, just uh, ended up uh, banging his thumb on helmet, and they want they need him to be healthy. And if they can't run, then yeah, it's going to be one dimensional, uh, more passing and such. But you know that could end up getting uh, Stafford hurt again, and that's not something that the Rams want. Moving on over to New Orleans, the big news there, of course, is who's going to quarterback uh, with Drew Brees retired. It's a battle between Winston and Taysom Hill. But the the more shocking news was the fact that Michael Thomas didn't seem to get the surgery that he needed on his ankle. Apparently. They should have decided this back in March, and the coaches and, and the GM and all, they admitted this, hey, they should have done this earlier. But for some reason, he stayed away. And then when June came for the minicamp, he showed up, and they said, wait a minute, you need ankle surgery. Michael Thomas had ankle surgery, and he's going to miss part, a part of the season, uh, possibly as, as much as the first quarter or maybe even up to the first half of the season. Terrible news for the New Orleans Saints offense. Now it looks like they just have Alvin Kamara there. We don't even know who's going to be starting at a quarterback. Uh, fantasy impact here. Is there any other wide receiver that you would target in your draft? Traquan Smith, uh, um, Holly, uh, Marquez Callaway. <laughs> what, 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 what's your thoughts, Chris, on the, the Saints situation? Yeah, I think. I mean, if you're going to target a receiver, Traquan Smith is the guy that's, that's the most polished uh, amongst all of them. And that's you know that's not saying a lot. It's like being the tallest guy in Munchkin Land. But um, mm-hmm. I, I think the big thing is you know what they're going to do with the whole offense. Uh, it, 
it may actually sway them more towards Taysom Hill just so Jameis Winston is not in a position to fail or to, to be less successful without a lot of good weapons around there. So I think that may swing the quarterback competition, although I think it was probably in Winston's favor before. Uh, so that's, that's number one. Two, I think from a fantasy impact, I think Michael Thomas is the guy you want to target in the middle rounds of your draft. I've seen him slide until the eighth or ninth round. And I think if you can grab him like in the seventh round as your fourth receiver, so you don't have to start him, you can just plop him on your bench. You're going to get a wide receiver one for the, for the, for the back end of your season. I know he, he played hurt last year, but he's a really hard worker and he could really pay dividends if you can manage to get lucky and get him in the middle rounds of your draft. Yeah, this is just a little bit. A lot of people are going to be gun shot because of how he, you know, sat out last year and then he came back and then he didn't do much and then he got hurt again. And you know, so the question is, you know, when is he going to be fully healthy? But if he does, that that could be a steal. It just depends on when you when you get him and when he does come back. But you would be careful about that. Yeah, I would not definitely not drive him as a starter as a as a WR one, two, or three. Uh, let's get to the real quick list of injuries here until we get to uh, to the rest of the show here on quarterbacks. I mentioned Dak. Prescott, he's had a muscle strain in his shoulder. He's not going to play in a Hall of Fame game this week. It might, it might sit out another week after that, but the Cowboys are confident it's not going to be something serious going into the season. Matthew Stafford, like I said, with the thumb, is swollen thumb, but x-rays were negative, so they're confident there that he'll just have to rest it for a while. In New York, uh, for the Giants, this is I've been monitoring this because that's my team. Saquon Barkley coming off that torn ACL. The, the coaches are not committing to a t- timetable to play him. He's making progress, but you know it, it sounds awfully like He's going to be limited at best in week one, and that's not something I want for my RB1. So, uh, you know, in fact, he's sliding into the second round now on uh, ADP and a lot of 12-man leagues, and I'd be careful about uh, doing that. Uh, Tyreek Hill uh, for the Chiefs, uh, a little bit of knee tendonitis, didn't practice today. That's Tuesday, of course, uh, but I don't think it's a, a big thing there. Julio Jones suffered an undisclosed injury uh, and sat out practice today, uh, so we'll have to monitor that and see how that comes along. Uh, Kenny Galladay left uh, – Left practice early Monday with a leg injury, kind of grabbed the back of his leg, maybe a hamstring injury there. Didn't sound too serious. We're keeping an eye on him. Uh, 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 the former Bama receiver, Devonta Smith, the uh, Heisman uh, uh, Trophy winner, he's week to week, uh, uh, likely out two to three weeks with a, a uh, MCL sprain. They expect him to be back for the season, but he's going to be missing this uh, very important time to get you know developed chemistry with Jalen Hurts there, even though it's his, uh, his college quarterback, it's probably a new system. They have to learn plays and such. So that's, that's something to keep an eye on, too. In Baltimore, Marquise Brown, wow, hamstring. He misses four straight practice on Tuesday. Uh, no Lamar Jackson there because he's out with COVID on the COVID list, and he's not going to return back until at least – Friday because he was unvaccinated, so there's all kinds of issues there in Baltimore. Keep an eye on that. And unfortunately, uh, loss for the season with a torn ACL, Ola B.C. Johnson, uh, who was going to be battling for the third uh, wide receiver job in, in Minnesota, he's out for the year, so you can mark him off your deep keeper or deep, deep, uh, keep, I'm sorry, deep sleeper list there. Anyway, uh, listen, uh, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily. 
which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we urge everyone to come to our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff on there. Of course, our flagship service, our free NFL quick bits, all the all the news from the NFL, including the injuries all the way up to week one. Uh, and then we uh, we move the injury information to our premium subscriber areas with premium injury quick bits. But we also offer a free agent tracker that's kept up to date here throughout the preseason. A player movement tracker. Of course, we have free eye in the sky scanner reports, including those covering the Colts from Chris Rito, which just released one from him uh, today. Uh, we're going to get a couple of reports from all of our scouts in August, and then we go weekly once the season starts. Of course, for our premium subscribers, we're updating our master's list. We're already on the fifth update of our master's list, a customizable cheat sheets, our master, mastermind championship uh, projections board, uh, and of course, our executive draft master drafting software. That's all been updated, too. In fact, we're on version two of the preseason draft guide uh, released last Friday with 17 articles, including three or four from Chris Rito. Uh, including a new article on uh, how, how to start a league in these days of COVID right now. Uh, there's 17 articles in, in the current one. It's probably another dozen or so articles to come. It's 382 pages right now. It's going to end up over 500. The price for the draft guide is 19.95, and we're also going to be posting, releasing some perfect drafts here in another couple of weeks. Uh, that's just the John Cooney especially. Our, our premium summer rates, Pro Bowl package, the guide, and the weekly newsletters to get us 49.95. Super Bowl package, if you include that, and our executive draft master drafting software, 59.95. All right, let's get to the top 10 quarterbacks for fantasy football 2021. Chris, uh, hit me up with your top three, and we'll uh, we'll discuss. I honestly looked for a reason not to put Patrick Mahomes at the top, but I couldn't find one. Even if he regresses 20% from his per-game averages over his full three-year career, that's still 4,300 yards and 35 touchdowns. That generally puts him squarely as a top QB most seasons. The only concern is that he's petered out a bit down the FFL stretch each of his three seasons. So is it weather? Does he get tired? Do they figure him out? I don't know. He's my safest guy at the top. Number two is Kyler Murray. For me, Murray finished as the number six quarterback as a rookie at number two last season, despite having a questionable running game and a new receiver. He could mature even more, uh, should mature more, has another veteran target, A.J. Green, and the dual threat potential obviously renders him a very high floor fantasy guy most weeks, even with a lower than average volume in the passing game. Uh, I do think a, touch, a rushing touchdown regression to seven or nine is likely, though. And then number three in a similar vein is Lamar Jackson for me. The dual threat capabilities he shows are unlike anything, even better than vintage Mike Vick and Cam Newton. The scary thing is he can still improve as a passer, and his receiving weapons are even better this season and more mature. I think they'd like to see his fantasy-friendly rushing reduced, but an uptick in passing yards is possible. So it should keep at the top of the list. Believe it or not, he's averaged 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns rushing the last two seasons. That's like getting an extra RB1 in your lineup as your quarterback. Okay, here's my top five, a few different names on my top five, especially at the top. Uh, like you said, that you could not find a reason to uh, knock Mahomes from the top. I find a, a good reason in Josh Allen. Not by much, but I still think that his rushing ability and the ability to score at the goal because the Bills didn't really upgrade their running game. I like Zach Moss, but they don't trust him very much in the, goal, in the red zone and forget Devin Singletary. He's not worth much. 
I just think that the lack of passing yards and maybe a, a smaller touchdown throwing capability or, or production by Josh Allen is going to be overcome by his rushing and, and running in there. So I've got uh, Allen just barely edging out Mahomes in, in a top two tier there, uh, top tier with them. And I also do like uh, Colin Murray as uh, number three. I think he's shown he could take off, uh, take over a game anytime. Special running abilities. They they don't want him to run less. So I agree with you there. He's going to regress to the mean in terms of rushing, scoring, and all. But still, four thousand yards, twenty twenty five passing touchdowns. I give him ten rushing there. Got him number three. Uh, Dak Prescott coming off that uh, ankle uh, surgery. He's got the muscle strain. I think he'll be okay by the season starts. They'll learn how to manage him. He's going to throw for almost five thousand yards, thirty two scores, and he's going to run another two fifty and four in. And uh, you know you can't go wrong with him. And now that he's reported to camp and he's locked in for 2021, Aaron Rodgers is my number four guy, five guy. Uh, he, he jumps up from, uh, I think I had him at number nine before. Um, anyway, I like him there, 4,300 uh, yards, 43 scores. I think he's going to regress a little bit from his 48. That was a ridiculous amount last year. And he'll uh, run in two or three here. So I, I, I definitely like him. Uh, Devontae Adams is there. Uh, now they got Randall Cobb back on the team. So, uh, you know, I definitely like Aaron Rodgers. And the thing about Rodgers is you can wait until the sixth, seventh, eighth round to uh, target him, and uh, you don't have to grab uh, grab uh, Rodgers like you would with Allen or Mahomes in round three or four uh, in that situation. Go ahead, and uh, what are your the next two on your list, Chris? Uh, my number four is Dak Prescott. I mean, you talked about a lot of the reasons. He was always very consistent, pretty solid, floating on the top ten. And as soon as he got an alpha dog receiver in Amari Cooper, he surged 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns with that first full season. Last year, he was off the charts even ahead of everything else before his injury, and he looks healed from that now. Um, I mean, he's always top ten, like I said, even with the run-first attempt attack. He's got something to prove in 2021, and his defense is still terrible, so I think he's going to be in a position to throw a lot with, with reasonable volume. Uh, this year. My number five is Russell Wilson. Uh, his passing attempts and touchdowns continue to rise. His efficiency remains the best in the game. And the predictability of 33, 35 touchdowns and pretty good rushing stats and a potential star in DK Metcalf, his floor is very high. With quick, um, you know, he's about the safest stud quarterback in the NFL. He's played all 16 games every year of his nine year career. And so I think just a small jump in attempts with a very effective Wilson is in order. And he's a surefire top five finish uh, with no matter what. Okay, the next three on my list, number six, Justin Herbert. Uh, the very big shocking surprise for the Chargers, their, their uh, uh, rookie quarterback from last year took over for, after an injury uh, in week two. Uh, basically for fantasy, almost a lock for 30 points every single week, with a few exceptions here and there. And he, at the very end of the season, he tailed off a little bit, but I think he's going to be good for 4,500-plus yards, 36 scores. And he also runs. They get near the goal line there. I know that Eckler is going to be healthy this year, but I still think Herbert's going to surprise and run in two or three scores there. So I've got him solidly number six. No, number seven, Lamar Jackson. I don't know. The shine's a little off on me. He struggled a little bit last year. He's still got a lot of talent there, but uh, the wide receivers, well, first of all, um, Lamar's got to get healthy, get, all, get out of COVID there. Uh, you know, Marquise Brown's kind of beat up there. They do have a sharp Bateman coming in, the rookie. Uh, and, of course, they got Sammy Watkins, who's uh, they're saying is the best he's looked forever, whatever. We've heard this before. He looks good, and then he gets in the game, and he gets injured. He injured his hand, hamstring or his ankle or whatever. So, you know, but the bottom line is he, this uh, Jackson's still going to run for 1,000 yards, score seven times. That puts him in the top seven. It's uh, 
uh, you know, uh, up there right along with uh, Herbert and Rogers. So in that area, some people are going to take them a little bit sooner, maybe around four, five, six, somewhere around there. And, you know, I've seen them go as late as around seven. But uh, number eight, uh, right in there, right after the, the, these guys is Russell Wilson. Like you said, lights out the first uh, half of 2020, but then they kind of struggled maybe because the defense has kind of started playing, uh, you know, play, playing the game there, really uh, – Doing a number, the quarterbacks really took DK Metcalf out of a couple of the games that Jalen Ramsey did. Um, but I think that they're going to—he's going to rebound. And he's going to have a solid year, but I don't think he's in the top five category just simply because they need a solid running game. And Chris Carson all seems to get hurt, and there's there's issue there. And of course, they don't run Wilson as much as they used to. And get around the goal line to give the Chris Carson, which is which is fine for Chris Carson owners, but for Russell Wilson, it's not the best thing. But still, you know, the number eight guy, he's a solid QB one. You can even wait until around seven or eight in certain situations here and get him. What about the rest of your top ten, Chris? Well, I've got Josh Allen at number six. I know you had him at the top of your list, and all the things you said about him, are, I agree with. Uh, all the things I said about Murray and Lamar Jackson being dual threat, they apply here, even though he's a vastly phys- superior physical specimen. A couple of things that make me a little concerned that he's going to regress a little bit uh, is that, I mean, first of all, he's got a defense that should have for him fewer passing attempts and stats than a guy like Murray. But he made such a quantum leap forward in efficiency and impact with the addition of Stephon Diggs this last year. I mean, if you look at his numbers last year, they were about as equal to his first two years combined. So I, I just can't believe that that's necessarily the norm that's going to continue forward. I just can't shake feeling, the feeling that last year was a perfect storm. Still a very solid and worthy quarterback one. Don't think he's going to be the overall number one, but still very good. Number seven, I got Aaron Rodgers. Clearly last season's MVP season showed he's still a great NFL quarterback. Um, I'm a bigger believer in the returning young guys like MBS and Randall Cobb, the old guy coming back. But the biggest thing to me is that he's angry. And like Bill Bixby on the old Hulk TV show, I can hear him say, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> I mean, Rogers always plays off the charts when he feels like he's been mistreated. He's got a major chip on his shoulder and the best receiver in the game, arguably, right now. Uh, my number eight is Justin Herbert. Uh, again, I, I know he was phenomenal as a rookie. I, 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 I like him. Um, he's, just, he's got some big targets. He'll have a returning Austin Eckler to catch a bunch, short, bunch of short dump-offs. The thing that concerns me about Herbert a little bit, and the reason I have him down, down at eight, is that the age and relative fragility, the history of his targets, Eckler, Allen, Williams, Jared Cook, could be a concern. So I wonder if a better backfield and a huge upgrade in the O-line might actually reduce his rushing and goal line usage as well. So fun fact, he's actually bigger than Megatron, Calvin Johnson. I didn't realize that until just this week. Uh, number nine. Wow, I, I didn't know eight. that either. Yeah, he's an inch taller, same weight. Uh, so... Tom Brady's at number nine. Surprise for TB12 for me last year was not the Super Bowl win, but the quietly stellar passing stats he posted. He reached 40 touchdowns for only the second time in his long career and finished in the top three in completions, attempts, yards, and touchdowns, despite having a good defense and a stable of good running backs. With three Pro Bowl wide receivers and three very talented tight ends, plus Gio Bernard now in the backfield, I can't see any reason to expect a drop-off in stats, and so he's got to be in the top ten just because of the, the skill around him. My number 10, I've actually got Joe Burrow there. Um, there are several keys to being a solid fantasy quarterback. Talent, your own, and the surrounding cast are obviously huge, like I just said for Brady. But an underappreciated one is opportunity. Joe Burrow has all the talent he showed last season. He's got some young talent with Boyd and Higgins and, and now Jamar Chase, his former teammate in college. But he's going to have opportunity. This Bengals defense is terrible still. They're going to require him to throw it more than average to keep up with the points they allow. Another fun fact for Burrow, his 10-game pace last year, would have had him with 
almost 4,600 yards in 17 games, and he was number one in per-game completions and attempts when he got hurt in Week 10. So he's going to throw. Big volume guy. I like him, too. Uh, my number nine guy is your number nine guy, Tom Brady. What's not to like now? The first half of last season, Tom uh, Brady finally did admit, hey, I didn't kind of know the playbook completely, was kind of confused here and there, struggled and all. But by the time week eight, nine, ten, uh, you know, he was uh, cruising. Uh, in fact, he helped win my uh, experts league, the one that I won last year, FF Webmasters. I hadn't won it since 2003. I rode Tom Brady all the way into the finals and, and, and won that league. And, and uh, so I, I see 4,600 yards, 37 scores, and that's coming down from the 40. So, uh, you know, it's not like I always uh, pick bigger numbers for these guys. Actually, there's usually a little bit of regression here and there on guys that have really good years, especially at the end of the year. But, but I like him as uh, and, and the same with Tom Brady's ADP. You can wait till 9, 10, 11 round in most of these leagues uh, in these drafts to, to get him as your one. Number 10, uh, by a hair over Joe Burrow, I have Matthew Stafford. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's struggling a little bit in Detroit last year. That's because Kenny Galladay got hurt. You know, this is Detroit. Uh, well, the Rams do have a better defense, so he might be throwing more or less, but then again, he might be throwing more because Cam Akers is not there, and I'll tell you, there's no doubting the talent around him at the wide receiver position, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Jefferson, uh, Deshaun Jackson is, should be good for at least a couple scores before he gets hurt, but I like to Stafford to throw for 4,600 yards, 33 scores, uh, he'll run one in here and there, but uh, you know, it's, it's an easy QB1 here that you can wait until the middle rounds if Tom Brady goes off the board right before, then you just then don't worry about it, grab Stafford and you're good to go. All right, let's get to a couple of sleepers and or uh, guys that uh, or creepers or underrated, overrated. Uh, I'm going to start with you, uh, Chris, at, at quarterback. Uh, who do you think's underrated and why? Um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's being underrated, although I've heard a little bit of buzz this week. Uh, he's barely being drafted as a QB3, according to ADP. So if you wait for a backup, there's a bargain. And he is a backup. He is not a fantasy starter. Um, he's not holding the place for a rookie like he usually does. I mean, come on, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, this is not competition. They've got surprisingly good wide receiver crew. It's scary Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, a bunch of running backs and catch balls. Great backup, especially in best ball leagues where you don't have to guess which week you did be Fitz Magic or Fitz Tragic. And then the other guy <laughs> I kind of like that's, that's going under the radar, and a lot of people are down on him, is Cam Newton. Uh, they, people said he had a terrible year last year, but he was top three in fantasy points per game. Uh, through week three when he got diagnosed with COVID, ahead of Dak Prescott in his cut start, and then he was hit and miss a little bit the rest of the way. He had averaged 25 fantasy points per game in six games against AFC East foes. So that's, you know, a third of your schedule right there. I think that's worth noting. Belichick recently was unambiguous to Cam's a starter, so I think he should be targeted as a number two quarterback with more upside than most number two quarterbacks. You know, even in a terrible year last year, he rushed for 12 scores and 600 yards. So his floor is high, and his weekly ceiling is really high because of that. Um, I think uh, he's going to be a guy that can really be pay some dividends uh, as a backup. Okay, a couple of guys, and I'm going to read this right from the uh, Mastermind Draft Guide, my sleeper section uh, at, at quarterback here, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee. Uh, Tannehill's always been more of a fantasy backup than a starter, but the addition of veteran uh, wide receiver Julio Jones should bump him up towards QB1 status in larger fantasy leagues. That said, there are plenty of sure-thing QB1s to target in your draft, which makes Tannehill only an obvious fantasy sleeper, one that you can certainly target in the middle part of your draft. Just keep in mind the Titans are a run-first team, and there will be games where Tannehill disappoints their fantasy owners, but most of the time he should produce solid numbers, especially with A.J. Brown and Julio there. 
especially, you know, in games where the Titans will be forced to pass more, and that will happen here or there. Now, uh, uh, about a couple of weeks ago when we released this uh, article in the guide, uh, ADP was uh, around 6 or 7. Now it's actually uh, sliding down more towards 8 or 9 or 10 for Tannehill, so you can wait until the middle rounds of your draft to, to draft Tannehill if you want to uh, wait and focus on another position by the time Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford and guys like that are drafted. Another guy uh, to look really late in your draft, and you can get this guy as a number as a QB3, and I think he's a great dark horse sleeper, is Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, now, I talked up about this guy last year, and people were like, well, he looked with it. He didn't do anything. He, uh, all this stuff in college in Alabama is, a, you know, that's not the pros. Well, you know, the bottom line is that he's coming off that serious, serious injury, hip injury. They kind of babied him. They let uh, Fitzpatrick start. Then he kind of had trouble learning the playbook a little bit. Uh, you know, he got in there. He had a little bit of success here and there. And then they, they kind of pulled the reins back. Well, they want him to play aggressive. He's looked really good in camp so far. Uh, you know, he's, he's not going to have Will Fuller for the first game. But so what? He's got Jalen Waddle. Uh, now, Waddle's coming off a ankle injury himself. So we're monitoring that because he's kind of seen sometimes limping in practice. But if he can get healthy by the time week one comes around, then I think two is going to surprise. The bottom line is you can get him as late as round 14 or 15 in your draft or even 16 as a QB3. Uh, it just depends on how big your league is. Obviously, if it's a 10-man league or smaller, you can get him at the end of your draft. But 12 or 14, you can certainly get him as a QB3, and I like him uh, this year. Uh, true sleeper there. Um, all right, a couple of guys you think are overrated, uh, Chris. Um, I'm going to start with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's probably going to be great someday, maybe even someday soon. But when you get drafted number one, you're going to a team in total disarray the prior season. I mean, the receiving options are good, not great. They've got two very good young running backs that could be the focus of the offense uh, while he adjusts the pro game. Remember, the new head coach here, Urban Meyer, has never coached in the NFL, and his college teams have generally been very run-centric, if you look at the stats. The fact he's being drafted on average in the same ballpark as Tom Brady as a late QB1 uh, just boggles my mind. I, I, think, I just think you're going you're gonna to pay if you do that. And a guy that I absolutely love as a player but I don't like for fantasy this year is Matt Stafford. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I wish him well, but I think his days as a fantasy starter might be starting to wane, even with the loss of his big brother back this summer. He's a trooper, a warrior. He's always undervalued in fantasy because he played for a terrible team, but that's what stoked his fantasy value was his volume. And despite the high volume, he's only top 30 touchdowns twice in 12 seasons, only once in the last nine. So with that top defense in L.A., he's going to have too many games where he just doesn't get asked to pass or allowed to pass. He's not going to be 50-attempt games like he did weekly in Detroit. So I think his fantasy production is best suited as an average backup with occasional upside based on matchups. So based on the opportunity and volume, I'll take his Lions replacement, the highly doubted Jared Goff, over Stafford for fantasy because he's available six rounds later. Again, I don't think he's going to outperform Stafford. But the relative value, I think, is going to be there because the volume will be there. Okay, that's a talking point for later. <laughs> okay, a <laughs> uh, couple of guys. This is straight from the Creeper feature from the draft guide that, that I wrote this about a week or so ago. Uh, two guys that I'm not crazy about, Baker Mayfield, Cleveland. Did you know that Mayfield only topped 21 fantasy points in 2020 in four games? Yep, even more shocking, zero of those times included a healthy OBJ playing on the field. Why? Simply put, the Browns are run first team. With a healthy running back Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they're pretty much run the football more than any other team in the league, with the possible exception of Tennessee. This is unlikely to change in 2020 and one. As a result, Mayfield's likely to produce about what he did last year, just under 19 fantasy points per game on average. As we know, you won't very, win very many games as a fantasy owner unless your quarterback averages at least, I'd say, probably 23, 24, if not more. 
Uh, 24 points average was the t- number 11 quarterback la- did last year. And by the way, Dak Prescott, before he went down, he averaged 33 fantasy points per game. So 33 to 19, yeah. Uh, and the fact is that, that Baker Mayfield is lasting until around 11, 12, and all, and most people are taking him as a backup. But I would much rather grab a, a backup with uh, with more uh, potential than Mayfield uh, at this position. Another guy that, and like you say, the vein that you like, uh, Stafford, I like Big Ben, but I think he's overrated now. I think he's done. I, I just don't believe that his arm is going to recover. The serious elbow injury, he didn't have much pop on it last year. He feels great. Uh, let's see how it is when he gets a big rush in his face and see if he can throw it all the way downfield. He still his ADP is still in around twelve or thirteen. Some people are actually taking him as a starter. I think that's crazy. You gave him as a, as a number two in round twelve or thirteen. But see, I would rather go with somebody else like a Stafford as a as a backup if you go with Rodgers early or whatnot, or a Matt Ryan, somebody like that. But the bottom line here is that. Uh, uh, First of all, Big Ben is nearly 40 years old. I give him credit and all, but he's not Tom Brady. <laughs> I just think you're not going to get what you want out of Big Ben at this point in his career, and I think basically he's going to hang it up at the end of the year, and we'll see if that's the case. Anyway, uh, boy, that was a packed show for everybody. Uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazrak. We'll see you all next week when the running back position from a fantasy perspective is previewed for 2021. Good night and good luck to everyone drafting this week. We'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.